prayer today is a real life Sunday and we are going to be hearing from somebody in our community and that person is Nina. So Nina, I'll welcome you up now and we can give Nina a round of applause. So Nina, make yourself cozy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, So Nina, some of us know you really, really well and some people are just meeting you for the first time. So could you just give us a short summary of who you are, uh, maybe why you were in England for a time, and then also uh, why you came back to Sweden? Hello, everyone. Um, yes, yeah, so if you don't know me, my name is Nina, um, and I'm married to Josh, and we have two young boys, Freddie, who's in there, with Becky, he's almost three, and Oscar, who is seven months. Um, at the moment, I'm on Mamma Ledig, so I'm on maternity leave. So my days are involving spending time with my children and other mums and yeah. If I'm not on Mamma Ledig, then I teach um, science to teenagers. So, Enu um, Larre. So I spend my days with teenagers, which is, I love. Uh, it's uh, lots of fun, but also a big challenge. Um, so yes, it's right. I lived, uh, moved over to the UK. Uh, I moved with my parents to England and uh, uh, had an agreement that I was only staying for one year. I was very upset about this move. It was very difficult. Um, but I stayed for 12 years because <laughs> God had other plans. One of them was that I met Josh uh, after six years and we got married. And uh, we had a chat uh, before we got, uh, before we married, and we decided not to move back to Sweden because we didn't want it to be a challenge between us. So we were very happy in the UK. We felt we were part of a good church at the time. Josh was in the leadership team, uh, church plant, uh, and very comfortable. And then uh, God spoke to us very clearly about uh, moving back to Sweden, and so to start Good First. Uh, uh, which was very clearly God moving us, but also, again, I was leaving my home, uh, uh, England. Uh, So, yeah, that's me very uh, quickly and briefly. Awesome job, Nina. That was uh, a lot summarized there. Uh, So you were living in England, and you actually were in a serious car accident while you were there. Uh, And you had a really um, profound experience with God, in that accident. So I just want you to share with us what happened on that day um, and how you experienced God with you in that moment. Uh, So I was uh, studying at the time, uh, studying to be a teacher uh, in Lancaster, (coughs) northwest of England. And uh, Josh and I, I, uh, we weren't married. We were dating, going out, as you would say over there. And I borrowed his car, or we shared the car. and I, it was Easter about 10 years ago. I was driving uh, home from university. Um, and you have dual carriageways. So it's basically two lanes um, where you can drive quite fast. I was driving according to the speed limit, but fast. <laughs> as fast as I could <laughs> to get home. Um, and uh, as I was driving, the, I hit the, the end of the road, like the wall, a wall, or like a bank maybe, more like. Uh, in English, and I hit the um, the bank, and the car lost balance. So I was going like this, and I did a car, two or three flips, 
Um, I tell it like it was like a normal day, but it was a big thing. <laughs> the car was flipping, the windscreen uh, smashed in the tarmac, and I remember glass flying towards me. Um, when I think back on, on what actually, when I was in the car going round, I was convinced I had someone with me in my passenger seat. Um, as, when the car stopped and I was um, hanging like this upside down, and the tarmac was literally that much from, far away from my head. Um, tarmac, what do you call it? Asphalten uh, was that much from my head. Uh, I was hanging and uh, I, uh, I was, I, I, you know, I didn't look, but I knew that I had someone in, in, in the passenger seat. And I, and, and I felt that, uh, you know, Jesus was saying, you need to get out of the car. But I couldn't get out of the car. Um, so <laughs> the car behind me was stopped and... Um, I tried to wave at him, I need help to get out, and he wouldn't come out. Eventually, he saw me waving, and he said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I thought you were dead. And I said, oh, I was like, I'm fine. Like, you know, I'm not fully aware of what just happened. That I, uh, When I saw the car afterwards, I realized that it was a bad accident. Uh, I got out of the car, and then I, went, I said, hang on, I, just to, I went back to check, just to let the other person out. Because I knew there was someone in there with me, but there was no one then. Um, and I, I said to the guy, I said, um, oh, Jesus was in that car with me. And he looked at me and he thought, she's definitely banged her head. <laughs> she's definitely had a knock to her head. Uh, but I, uh, the ambulance came and they checked me over. I was absolutely fine. I had not a single cut. Uh, there was nothing wrong with me. I went home. Um, the next day, Josh had to go back to the car before it was being uh, destroyed because it was so damaged. And he needed to pick some stuff out. And he cut his hand. I mean, there was glass everywhere. Uh, and God was just... I, 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 yeah, it, I can't describe it any other way. He was with me in the car. He's, I, I just felt his presence and he protected me in a very miraculous way. Um. You've told me this story before, so there's just yeah. two things that I wanted to like highlight from what you said, yeah. and that was um, that when you were in the car, like Jesus actually gave you instructions, yes. like to turn yeah. off the Sorry. car. Sorry. No, I know, <laughs> to turn off the yeah. car and yeah. and how to get out of the car. Yes, um, and yes. so specific, yeah. and I just think that's absolutely amazing. It shows yeah. His care for you yeah. uh, in such a very real, real way. Yeah. Um, so you went from having this. Um, yeah, really profound experience with God, mm -hmm. sensing him really close to you. Mm -hmm. um, what's it been like since that accident? Do you still experience God with you in ordinary life? Uh, and if so, can you describe what that's like? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so uh, God has always been real in my life. Um, uh, I've had periods where I've chosen maybe to do things my way rather than his way. Uh, but God is a, is a friend. Um, so what does that look like in my everyday life? It looks like I talk to him a lot. Um, so I talk to him when I'm happy and full of joy. I talk to him when I'm sad. Uh, I talk to him, uh, I was telling Jobin and Carla, I talk to him when I clean the toilet, you know, the horrible jobs they have to do, or I think, yeah. Um, and, uh, it, you know, when I need patience with the children, I, I ask for patience. Uh, when I need uh, peace, when I feel anxious and worried about things. 
But it's not just me talking to him. God talks to me as well. And I want him to talk to me and, and to guide me and direct me. Um, um, I think it's important to say, when you have God in, in your life, it doesn't mean that uh, every day is happy days, you know, and it's all good and great, but actually life can be tough and life can be difficult or life can be very good. It's up and down. But even in, you know, whatever I'm facing, whatever my day throws at me, uh, God, I know God's with me. I know that he's my friend. Um, I know that he gives me hope uh, when maybe I don't have any hope. Uh, he gives me peace. Uh, he gives me joy. Um, and yeah, I, I need God. <laughs> I can't do much on my own, actually. I need him. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that's really, really good. Can everybody just give her a round of applause again? Thank you so much. Nina. Right. So you guys have to put up with me for a little bit. I'm not going away. Uh, so <laughs> transitioning from Nina's talk now to what I'm going to share, um, I really wanted to highlight a few things from Nina's story. And the first thing is that God is alive and that he's working today. And for some of us, that might be old news for some people that might be brand new but it's true God is real uh, and the second thing is that God cares and we see that so clearly in Nina's story just how God he gave her such specific instructions he was with her in the car and I'd like to ask you Nina do you think you're somehow more special or more holy than any other people that God did this for you absolutely not, absolutely not. that's what I thought you'd say so um <laughs> Okay, all right. So, yeah, God wants to be just as real with us as he was with Nina that day. Sorry. Uh, he wants to be just as real with us. But yet, many of us go through life without an awareness of God or an awareness that he wants to be close to us and he wants to have friendship with us. So, um, God, he understands why that can be the case. It's not like you can just look over there and see God and be like, oh, hey, right? So he tells us about himself, and he tells us about his character in the Bible. And one of the main things that he says about himself is this, God is love. And that's his primary characteristic, he is love. Uh, and we see this in the Bible right from the beginning, right from creation. So I don't know how many of you guys like Planet Earth. Have you seen that film? Can you see a show of hands? Planet Earth fans, great. <laughs> So one of the things about planet Earth is that we see how amazing the natural world is. We see how God created the heavens, how he created the Earth, how he created everything in the Earth. And all of this, actually, he created for our enjoyment. He created it out of love for us. He wanted us to experience all of the natural beauty. He wanted us to experience all of the goodness of the Earth. And that was him showing his love for us. But not only that, he also wanted us to experience him. And that was also his gift to us. He wanted us to have friendship with him. So we're introduced to two characters. And you can put that up very early on. This is not an accurate depiction of them. But <laughs> it's something that I found, Adam and Eve, right? And lots of us are familiar with their story. They were the first humans that God created and put on Earth. And God created them for friendship. Uh, we read these amazing verses about how God walked in the cool of the evening with Adam and Eve, how he enjoyed friendship with them. 
And uh, God, he loved them a lot, and he gave them the whole earth to enjoy, and he gave them himself. Now, I'm going to introduce another character right now, and this is a boy named Freddy. And uh, I know some of you know who Freddy is. In fact, he is Josh and Nina's, is he three? Almost three. Almost three-year-old son. And uh, he is such a sweet and such a funny little boy. And Freddy, every time he goes to the park, he has to hear one reminder from his parents, and that is, do not eat the sand. So Freddy, he loves to go to the park, and he thinks it's a bit of a game. He will try and hide from his parents so that he can grab a handful of sand and put it into his mouth. Now, Josh and Nina are not trying to ruin Freddy's fun. They lovingly know what will happen if he eats sand. And so they warn him, do not do this. You're going to get a sore stomach later on. But Freddy, he doesn't have that understanding. He's a small child. He doesn't see the bigger picture. So he goes and he tries to hide from his parents and he eats the sand anyways. So you and I, we can be a lot like Freddy. Uh, we read in the Bible that Adam and Eve, they had instructions from God. And these instructions were not because God is a taskmaster. They're not because God does not love us. In fact, it was the exact opposite. God loved us so much that he gave instructions to Adam and Eve. You can have the whole earth, you can have all of me to enjoy, but there's one thing that you shouldn't do because it will cause you great harm. And that one thing that you shouldn't do is don't eat the fruit from this tree. I've given you all of the other trees, eat from them, but this one tree will cause you great harm if you eat from it. So Adam and Eve, for those of you who know the story, they really wrestle with this question and they start to doubt God. They start to wonder, maybe a little bit like Freddie, uh, is God just trying to limit my fun here? Is he really telling me this because I have to listen to it or is it more of a suggestion? Uh, is this something that I should really trust God with or should I find out for myself if I know better? And we read in the Bible that actually Adam and Eve, they make a decision to go away from God. And that decision is pretty big because it had implications for all the rest of us. It was the first time that humans had made a decision to walk away from God. And that allowed sin, separation from God, to come into the world. And that was something then that each of us now has to deal with. So this story, it might seem like a real downer. It's not meant to be. <laughs> I promise there's good news here. Uh, and the good news is, is that Jesus was not surprised by any of this. And in fact, God knew from the beginning of time when he created us humans that uh, if he gave us the choice to love him, that actually we would choose to walk away from him and not always to love him. Uh, but he still wanted relationship with us anyways, and he had a plan for how to save us. And that is the really exciting good news for us. So I would like to introduce another person to you now. It's 13-year-old me. <laughs> Yeah, so fun to show you guys that picture. Um, yeah, so 13-year-old me. I grew up in church. Uh, I grew up in a Christian family, actually. And I grew up having an idea of who God was. And I still struggled with something, though. Uh, I actually I struggled with fear. And the reason why I struggled with fear is because I knew one thing from the Bible, and that was that God did not like sin. 
And in fact, he tells us, you know, he wants us to live good lives for him. He wants us to have all of these good values that he has in his life, and he wants our lives to have that too. So I thought, okay, being a Christian means I can't sin. That's what I thought. So that led to a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety for me because I would read my Bible and I'd pray and I'd make a decision, okay, I'm not going to lose my temper. I'm going to be like a really patient person. I'm going to be the most kind person that I can possibly be. And yet, I would still get into situations where I'd lose my temper. I would say something mean. I would shout at my sister. I would do all of these kinds of things. And I knew that I was missing the mark that I was not living the type of life that God really wanted me to live. And I struggled with this thought, what if I can never be good enough for God to accept me? And that was what was rolling around in my mind as a 13-year-old girl. But for each of you guys, it's probably something else, something different. We all will have these things in our life that we struggle with and that no matter how hard we try, to fix ourselves or to you know, make better decisions or to do better, we're, we still find ourselves failing. So this was my frame of mind as I went to church one day when I was 13. And I have to kind of give a bit of context to this story and say that I was 13 and 13 year olds don't always want to go to church, especially if it's a Saturday night and it's like 25 degrees out and sunny, you wanna hang out with your friends. And that was where my mind was at right now. And also, church was not a place that I always wanted to be because I was struggling with a lot of these feelings of not being good enough. Um, And my dad made an invitation for me to go to church with him. Uh, But I have to say, it wasn't really an invitation. It was more like an order, like you're coming to church with me. And so I went to church that day with like the worst attitude ever. Um, I went to church wanting to make it clear to my dad, but probably to a lot of other people in the room that I did not want to be there. Uh, So I just remember that I walked into church, I had that attitude all throughout the worship, I walked out a few times, and then I came back in and I saw who the speaker was going to be. And it wasn't the usual pastor, it was actually an actor uh, from the United States who was visiting Canada, that's where I'm from by the way. And he was coming to talk about uh, a role that he had played in a film. And it was actually the role of Jesus. So he had a really similar story to mine. And as he started telling his story, bad mood or not, I was hooked. And I was listening and really paying attention. And the reason why I got hooked is because he had a story so similar to mine. He had grown up in church, grown up in a Christian family, and he had thought that he really knew who God was. Um, he had a picture of God in his mind. And as he started to get more famous and started to get more roles, he would give thanks to God. And he would say, okay, God, this is all for you. And then he had kind of a breakthrough moment, and he got this chance to act out Jesus in a film called The Gospel of Matthew. And uh, as he started studying scriptures for that role, he realized, wow, I thought I knew God. But this guy, Jesus, is so different from the picture of God that I had in my mind. Uh, And the thing that he found as he was studying scripture is that this guy, Jesus, is all about compassion. He's not a distant God who stands far off, who I can kind of just throw up a thank you to every time I get something good happen to me in life. 
But this guy, Jesus, he was on the ground with the people and he was living life with them. And it was dirty and it was messy, but God wanted friendship with people. That's the one thing that he saw in the life of Jesus. Now, just in case there's anybody in this room who does not know who Jesus is and what his story was, I'm just going to do a little side note. And Jesus is God. He came to earth. Uh, and God sent his son Jesus to live on earth for 33 years. And in fact, we read about Jesus in history books. There was a guy named Jesus who lived on earth, right? And when Jesus was on earth, he was showing us all the time, what is God like? What are his values? What's his personality? Um, How does he feel about human beings? And Jesus really showed us the heart of God. But Jesus didn't come just for that. He also came to show us uh, the way to God. And that was by laying down his life for us. So Jesus was going to die on a cross. And I think lots of us have seen that image of being raised up on a cross to die. It was one of the worst ways that you could be killed at that time. Uh, And he was going to experience a lot of suffering. But Jesus thought that that was all going to be worth it because of how much he loved each of us. Uh, So he was going to take all of our sin on his perfect body. And through dying, he was going to pay the price for sin once and for all. So that, in a nutshell, is who Jesus is. And this is the person that this actor has the privilege of playing in a film. Like a pretty intimidating role to try and capture. Um, So yeah, Jesus, he's amazing. And that is what this actor discovered as he was going through the scriptures. Um, He discovered, you know, that Jesus wept over people. Uh, There's a passage of scripture where Jesus, um, his friend is sick and he dies and Jesus weeps. He's heartbroken. Uh, We read that Jesus was not the type of person who uh, only associated with good people, but in fact, he was really drawn to the people who were in the middle of sinning, who were messed up, who had a lot of problems. Uh, He chose prostitutes uh, and tax collectors, people that were absolutely despised by the people of their time to be his closest friends and to share dinners with and to invite into his company. So Jesus, he has this compassionate heart. So we meet one of these women, or sorry, one of these people, who is a woman, uh, in John 4. And I'm just going to focus in on her story for a little bit. Um, There's a woman, and we don't know her name, but we know her as the woman at the well. And she is a a person who basically broke every moral code of her time. She uh, had been married five times and divorced five times. And divorce in Jesus' time was something that was really, really looked down upon. And also, uh, she was living with a person who wasn't even her husband. And that was also really looked down on. And we can see that in her story uh, because, uh, there's the woman at the well, because she is alone in the middle of the day at noon talking uh, or getting water from the well. And for those of you who've lived in a really hot climate, you would know that the heat of the day is not the time when you want to be doing a lot of physical labor. Um, And she's there at that time by herself because she wants to avoid the judgment from her community. She wants to avoid their looks. She wants to avoid uh, the things that they're going to say to her. She just wants to, uh, to go there and have some peace and just be, be away from all of the judgment. 
And she goes there expecting to be alone, but she runs into Jesus. And Jesus asks her for a drink. And that in itself is actually a really profound moment because nobody would be caught dead talking to her. She is not the type of person anybody would want to be seen speaking to. And Jesus doesn't care. And almost to like question him and see, does he really know who I am? Is he just making a mistake right now? She asks him, like, why are you talking to me? Uh, and do you know who I am? And Jesus proves to her that he does know who she is as an individual uh, by telling her all of the things that she's ever done that she is ashamed of. He tells her that she's been married five times, that she's been divorced five times, that she's living with somebody who's not her husband. And through telling her that, he shows her his compassion. He shows her that he is not judging her. He shows her that you know he wants friendship with her and he wants to give her forgiveness. And that is something that's so, so amazing in this story. And the woman is so impacted by this conversation with Jesus, by the friendship, by the forgiveness that he offers her, that she runs back to the village. She runs back to the very people who were giving her judgment before, and she's announcing to them, come and see. Come and see this man who told me everything that I ever did. And the point in that is that she's saying, he knows everything I ever did, and yet he still wants me. That's kind of the key thing that she's announcing to everyone. And I think that invitation is just so amazing because we can give that invitation to each other. Jesus gives that invitation to us. Come and see. So it was this type of invitation uh, that I experienced when I was 13. Um, the speaker, he was talking about Jesus' heart and what it showed to us about God and his plan to come and save us from the mess that we found ourselves in. Uh, and I experienced something very, very strange. I was, <clears throat> I was sitting in my seat and all of a sudden my heart just started beating really, really fast. And one second I was in my seat, and the next second I was in front of the entire church, and I was just sobbing. And I honestly have no recollection of how I got from point A to point B, but the only thing that mattered to me in that moment was I want Jesus, and I want his forgiveness, and I want that peace of knowing that I can be friends with him. I don't have to earn a certain level of goodness for God to accept me. That whole issue of fear that I had been struggling with I found the answer to, and it was in the person of Jesus and the gift of forgiveness that he had to offer me. So that was my experience, 13 years old, all of a sudden realizing, wow, my image of God had been so wrong. God doesn't judge me and stand far off and distant in my life, but he comes to me and he provides a way to having friendship with him. And that is really, really good news for all of us. Um, it says in the Bible, in Romans 5, when we were utterly helpless, that's when Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. God didn't wait until we fixed ourselves. He didn't wait until the woman at the well sorted out her life situation. He came to her right there and then, and he said, I love you. I accept you. I forgive you. Come and know me. Be my friend. And just like the woman at the well, just like Adam and Eve, just like 13-year-old me, you don't have to fix yourself first. God makes that invitation to each of us. So Jesus, he's inviting us to do life with him by our side. 
Each of us has that choice. Uh, and today, I'm inviting you, like the woman at the well, to come and see. If you don't know who Jesus is, come and see. Who is he? What, what is this gift that he's wanting to offer me? So I'm actually going to ask that everybody uh, bow their heads and close their eyes. And that's just to give everyone privacy in this moment. Um, for some of you, this might be a message that you've heard many, many times before that doesn't change the fact that it's good news for us and that no matter how many times we hear it, we can be so thankful and full of praise for what God has done for us and for the gift of forgiveness that he continually offers to us. Because I don't know about you guys, but I'm still messing up daily. And yet Jesus still loves me and continues to offer his forgiveness to me. Uh, and for other people in this room, it could be that you have also had um, a different view of God, that you've maybe viewed him as a taskmaster, as somebody who uh, you know, gives more judgment and looks down on you and maybe is not so active in your life. Maybe you've never had that type of experience that Nina had where she felt God really close to her and with her. And maybe you've never heard God speak to you, but God really wants to. He wants relationship with each and every one of us. So with every eye closed, uh, I'm just going to invite you guys to have that moment where you can respond to God. Uh, and just as a side note, if your heart beats really fast, that's God speaking to you. So don't ignore that, okay? So uh, Jesus, I know that I cannot ever be perfect. No matter how hard I try, I know that the only way for me to be made right with you is through forgiveness. A gift that once and for all pays the price for my sin. I don't understand it, but I choose to believe that Jesus lived on this earth and that he died for my sins so that I could have friendship with you. And I thank you for that truth, Lord. Um, and with all of our eyes still closed, um, I just want to see if, if there's anybody who's prayed this prayer in their heart, maybe for the first time, or if you prayed this prayer in your heart again, because this talk has um, maybe changed how you're viewing God and viewing your relationship with him. Um, I just ask that you slip your hand into the air. Nobody's looking. Uh, so the only person that will see is me. Um, but it'd be really, really great to talk with you and to pray with you after the service. All right. Thank you. So you can uh, raise your heads and open your eyes. Yeah? Um, so if anybody uh, would like to come speak to me and Josh or Nina after the service to talk a little bit more about what was shared, that would be really, really great. Um, and yeah, thank you guys. I'm going to hand it off to Josh now because I think you have something that you would like to say. So. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, Courtney. Okay, Verity's just going to press play on a quick video. Every day we ask so many questions. What should I wear? What's the weather going to be like? How am I going to fit everything in? But then there are those bigger questions, like why am I here? Where am I heading? Is there more to life than this?
arrived at an answer to the most important issue that we humans ever deal with, is there a God? And I had arrived there without ever really looking at the evidence. And I was supposed to be a scientist. gotten many of the things that I thought I wanted. You know, my girlfriend was on the cover of magazines, I had a Beamer, and I was so unhappy. It was a realization maybe that I would, I would never find happiness where I was looking for it. I think for so many years, you know, I always just strived to be strong in myself. All I needed was me and my buddies and, you know, would be like invincible. But the truth is, none of us are. I found purpose, I found meaning, I found hope. God took something so broken and made it a beautiful art piece. Alpha is a place where you can be yourself. You can say what you think and challenge everything. No, no question is too complex or too simple. And what your point of view is, is as important as anyone else's. We are going on a journey together, an adventure to explore the questions of life, faith, and meaning. thousand years ago, a man named Jesus was born in a Middle Eastern town. Two thousand years later, literally billions of people can say they know him. It's incredible. This is something that is so worth investigating, so worth exploring, so worth spending a bit of your time uh, looking into. And so we'd love to invite you to Alpha if you would want to know more about Jesus in a relaxed, friendly atmosphere. Okay, and so if you'd like to do that, you can come and find me. We're going to finish now. As I said, it starts on the 20th of March. Also, if you prayed, if you responded in some way to what Courtney just shared, really want to encourage you either to come and speak to me or to speak to Courtney at the end. It's such, such an important question and topic and so worth exploring. Thank you again, Courtney. Absolutely fantastic. Okay, but we're going to be finishing there for today. Uh, as I said, we don't just meet on Sundays, but we meet throughout the week. Uh, so Tuesday night small group is led by Alid. You can find him if you free on Tuesdays. Wednesday is led by Courtney and Becky, who is outside. Find her if you're free on Wednesdays. Please do get involved. Do get plugged in to church. It's so important. Okay, have a great rest of the day. Enjoy the lovely Gothenburg sunshine. And we'll be seeing you all very soon. <laughs>